0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Anyhow, let me get to the the shit show that is Major League Baseball. So... Anthony Volpe, and I give him a lot of credit for this, and if you're a Yankee fan, I think oh, despite, despite the strikeout in the 10th, I thought Volpe had a nice day offensively, and he is an absolute pain in the ass on the base paths. He's fast. He's distracting. He got out of to step off a couple of times, which put him in a tough spot because obviously you've got your two disengagement rule, and then Jeff McNeil does something, which I noticed at the time. And I uh, tapped my dad real quick. And the guy sitting next to me saying, hey, look at this. Jeff McNeil is now holding Volpe on second base. And what McNeil did, and I'm watching this, I'm staring at this, is he's holding on Volpe with, I think it was Stanton was up at the time. And because Stanton's a right-hand hitter, pull hitter, it's not as if McNeil's out of position. So as soon as the pitch is coming home, he dances back a little bit to the right of second base, our right of second base, if you're looking behind the plate. He gets Stanton to wave out a slider to make it 0-2, and the home plate umpire quickly points at McNeil, and I had a feeling I knew what was coming because McNeil's holding on second. So my question to my dad was, what's the rule on the whole shift? Because his foot's on second base. Now, I... Look, we know the shift rule. The shift rule has not really been challenged this year too much. So honestly, I don't know the letter of the law to the shift rule. It's a brand new rule. But the umpire calls McNeil for, I guess, breaking the shift rule. So it turns into a ball on Stanton. Uh, So I guess essentially a pitch clock violation. I I had no idea, by the way, that was the rule. That if you had an infraction of the shift, they're going to call a ball. I, I had no idea, but you learn something new every day. But here's the problem. The whole point of the shift rule is so that you're not positioned defensively on the other side of the base. Jeff McNeil is not positioned on the other side of the base. He's got his foot straddling the base. He's holding on Volpe as if he's a first baseman. And then immediately before the pitch is even thrown is dancing back in a position the the spirit of the rule is not what Jeff McNeil did. Jeff McNeil, to me, did nothing wrong. And the fact that the pitch is being thrown and he's back in his normal position, I think it was absolute BS that the umpire calls a ball. And if it's not the umpire, then the rule is BS. To me, once the pitch is thrown, if you're in the proper position, there should be no problem. And like I said, McNeil was back in the proper position as the pitch is being thrown, like as soon as Adovino's coming home, McNeil's not standing on second base. There's no, there's no reason to, he's not holding Volpe on when the pitch is thrown. He's doing it prior to it. Cause Volpe's dancing. Like, you know, he's dancing. I don't even know what you'd be dancing. Like he's dancing. Like he's a dancer. He's dancing. Like he's in dirty dancing, whatever the description is. So I don't know what they said on TV, Pete, but to me, I think the umpires, and it was the home plate umpire, not the second base umpire, who's standing right next to McNeil. He's not even the one who made the call. It was the home plate umpire. I, I've, I didn't think they were respecting the spirit of the rule and the shift rule.
1: I think that's uh, what the was it the five inch guy, uh, the guy five inch foot guy, Carl Ravitch. Yeah, I think that's what he said too. The spirit <laughs> of the rule. Uh. I think he said that but uh but the, here's the thing is right you so you're looking at that the second base umpire didn't call it so so if he's not calling it how is he the, the, the home plate I know that they both can see but why is the home plate umpire focused on that that that's that's frustrating but to your point McNeil the next play by the way tried to like hover over second base and he was positioning his foot awkwardly yes. and I'm like this is just stupid. What the hell kind of rule is this? And not, not even what kind of rule is this, but what are we doing? Because this type of crap is, is messing with the game a little bit too much, in my opinion.
0: Well, and think about this, Pete. It turned out not to matter because they got Stanton out, but it went from 0-2 to 1-1 because of the violation. And then the next pitch was ball two. So instead of being ahead of Giancarlo 0-2, you're now behind him 2-1. and 1. And if memory serves correct, because, again, I don't have the scorecard in front of me, Adovino came back and struck him out. So it makes it easy to forget about it and move on because the at-bat worked out well for the Mets, and it's almost like a kind of a footnote from the game. But I just think it was enforced badly. I don't think it was in the spirit of the rule at all, and it kind of bothered me that the umpires made that decision.
1: Right. So, again, I think you're 100% on it with the whole spirit of the rule nonsense, but explain to me how they could pick and choose when they give out a ball or a strike because if you saw a little bit later on in that 10th inning, I think it was when Vientos was up and um, they tried to quick pitch him. and Not quick pitch, but, but Vientos was in the box at eight seconds, so he gave a warning to that? Like, why don't you give a warning to McNeil?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a good question. So what they've been doing over the last, I'd say, a couple of weeks, uh, give me a second. I'm in gridlock right now, and i got to find a way to not block people. You know what? F them. If I block them, I block them. Like, what am I going to do? Um, when, this, when the pitcher doesn't make eye contact with the batter, what I've noticed is they have consistently given warnings. Uh, they have basically given, like, one warning each time. So that's been common, that for whatever reason, that idea of not necessarily quick pitching, but not making the the eye contact,
1: they've given out the warning. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: I think you're right, though, about the McNeil situation. I think it would have been fair to tell him after the pitch, no harm, no foul, hey, you broke it, it's a warning, if you do it again... We're going to call a pitch clock violation on the pitcher. It's going to be a ball. I agree with you. I think in that situation, because it was so weird and also not anything detrimental to the at bat, it would have made sense for it to be a warning. You know, Buck comes out, of course, not typical. Buck did this all last year and we didn't hate it. Now we hate it. He comes out just to have a conversation. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad about anything. I'm just sitting here comatose. I'm just like, what's up? Hey, what'd you do? Oh, you you called it a ball? My second baseman's pissed off? This makes no sense? Cool, thanks for the info. I'm gonna go back and write my little diary. Like, that's Buck Showalter. But McNeil was fuming. McNeil was pissed off. And my friend sent me a picture of the, the first time McNeil was holding him on. Yeah, you can make an argument his foot was on the other side of the base as he was holding him on. But again, what are we doing? That's not the reason the shift rules in place. And my point is, by the time the pitch is thrown, he's back into a legal defensive position. But whatever. I don't want to spend any more time on this. Ottavino got out of the inning. No harm, no foul. Now let's get to Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo, for the second time this year, has made a boneheaded base running decision. And because the Mets won and Nimmo got the game-winning hit, and other than that moment, actually played a really good game, Maybe that's another footnote that we gloss over. But Starling Marte comes through with a huge game-tying RBI hit. That follows after Nimmo comes through with a huge RBI hit-by-pitch. And I don't know why Nimmo's not looking up to see that Joey Cora, rightfully so, by the way, is holding the runner a third. Now, I get it. When Marte hits that base hit to left, we're all thinking to ourselves, wow, we're going to tie the game, we're going to take the lead. There is no way, and my memory is uh, killing me as I make my big right-hand turn to finally get away from the stadium. And now I go down that side street. Uh, I forget which street this is. Basically, I go underneath the Whitestone Expressway. That's my little secret out. I drive under the underpass or the overpass. Then I go through a few more side streets. Then I get on the Whitestone Expressway. So now I'm away from the stadium. I'm feeling good. Uh, So I forget who the base runner was. That he was holding up. It probably was Vientos. Vientos. Oh, God. He's not scoring. Cora made the right call. As much as it frustrates people when a guy can't score from second on a base set, it was the right call. He wasn't scoring. But Nimmo, you can't have your head down running first to third. You've got to be aware of what's going on in front of you. Now, obviously, Nimmo isn't. He gets thrown out at second base, but does he? So let's get to... MLB is an S show part number two and that is Buck Alter, rightfully so throws the proverbial challenge flag we all are watching on the giant Steve Cohen screen tv that Brandon Nimmo gets his hand back DJ LeMay Hughes sort of misses the swipe it's then close that maybe he tags him as his hand is hitting the bag after the initial miss but to me he's back he's safe still a bad base running call by Nimmo. Very nice. I think he may have done the swim move, the swim move to get back in Buck show alter rightfully. So you challenge that either way, by the way, like at that point in the game, that's a, that's a must challenge, even if you're not as confident. So Buck challenges it. We're all watching it. He's safe. Like Brandon Nimmo's given a new life and we're set up with bases loaded to outside game. Jeff McNeil, And when the umpire comes back, and it's not the umpire on the field, it's obviously the umpires back in Chelsea. When they come back and say, call on the field stands," it's another example that replay makes no sense. Makes no sense. I know at times they're not overturning things unless they're clear. Pete, was this not clear that Brandon Immo was safe at second base?
1: They tried like three different angles. Um, there wasn't one that was clearly out, but they'll looked like there was one or two that it made them look clearly safe. And that's that's what I mean. That's the problem. It's like if you have three different angles or four different angles, and two or three of them say he's safe, and one's like, "Well, that could be the one that got him." I'm leaning towards the ones that say safe, and I know the call, the play, the play of the field was it out but you have to be able to use if you're gonna be able to 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 be objective I guess in that scenario you have to use all the tools that you have in front of them you may only have one camera that could be an out but if the rest of them are are safe then you got to go with the, the majority yeah I mean
0: I I thought he was safe and you know maybe that's me being a, a biased Mets fan I don't know I, I try to be fair and honest about these things but he definitely looks safe. But then the other part of me said, you know what? He didn't deserve to be safe. I mean, let's think about it. Brandon Nimmo made a horrible base running decision. He ran his team out of an inning that could have been bigger, could have been bigger, probably wouldn't have been. I and mean, let's be honest, McNeil's probably popping up the first base <laughs> like he did the next inning. But that was another moment from this game. Whereas a Met fan, you're saying to yourself, we are not winning. I mean, think about all the little things that we've gone through from this game. Justin Verlander gives back a one nothing lead the defensive miscues in the seventh the steal of home the error by McNeil Brandon Nimmo's running himself out of an inning like so many little things that tell you this is a not a winning team this is going to be another night where they find a way to lose and they're doing just enough things to lose this game.